And our brother last night, I sang Beulah Land. I'm looking around. Anyway, I forgot to say anything uh, when I got up here last night, but I love that song. And I tell you, the singing has been great. Uh, Sunday morning, Sunday morning, I, it was wonderful, and all of it was great. And, and during the Sunday school hour, I tell you, I just... Uh, it just blessed my heart. And so, anyway, good singing makes up for a lot of bad preaching. So I'm thankful for, for good singing. I'm thankful to see folks tonight and uh, see some brothers here tonight. And I know we're talking about our hair leaving us. You know, I, I, I like to tell, I get a haircut every week. And I know that before you, before you judge me, just wait a minute. Uh, I get a haircut every week. I pay for fellowship. is mainly what I pay for. But anyway... Um, I tell them I have a heavenly haircut because the Bible says there will be no parting there, right? In heaven, there'll be no parting there. So anyway, but uh, if you have your Bibles tonight, Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Last night, uh, we looked about what is, how to know for sure that we're saved and got to see Brother Zandel tonight. Brother Zandel reminded me, he said, I think you preached that at my church, and I don't know what year was that, Brother Zandel. That was a long time ago, wasn't it? Uh, and so that's probably one of my favorite uh, passages of Scripture, no doubt. But, but tonight, I want us to think about uh, what we did a little study in our church uh, by Chip, Chip Ingram uh, called the R12 Christian, an R12 Christian. And basically looking at Romans chapter 12. Now, we did take about six weeks for that, and I'm going to try to give it to you tonight in, in a hurry. But uh, if you look at the Romans chapter 12, you're going to notice there's five relationships that's mentioned. All right, five relationships. And I want us to think about it because it certainly pertains to revival tonight. First of all, relationship to the Lord. And that's first and foremost. We've got to get this right, right? Uh, our relationship to the world. And we'll look at that, our relationship with ourselves, uh, our relationship uh, to the church, our relationship to, to unbelievers. And so tonight, as we think about uh, relationships, and really that's what it's all about, isn't it, tonight, as we think about, Lord, okay, uh, where am I at in this, right, and what do you have for me tonight? So let's stand together for just a moment as we read just a portion of, of uh, Romans chapter 12 tonight, maybe the first two verses, and then we'll jump back in here. In just, in just a moment. So, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. This is the Word of God. Let's pray. Father, we are thankful tonight, just for your word. It is a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. And Father, tonight we know it is a two-edged sword. And Father, we just, uh, Lord, I pray tonight, I just pray for help, Lord, in proclaiming your word and lifting up the Lord Jesus. I pray, uh, Father, just for the voice even to speak. But Father, I ask that your spirit would deal with our hearts tonight. Father, we've come seeking revival. And so, Lord, tonight in our hearts, You know just what we need to hear. You know just what we need to do. And Lord, maybe even someone here tonight that's not saved, not a believer, I pray, Lord, this will be the time, the hour. Lord, would You see that done. Father, I just thank You for this church. Thank You, Lord, already for our time of singing, our special music. What a joy and a blessing it is to be with brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And so, Father, bless us now. Speak to our hearts. In Jesus we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. You probably recognize the name Yogi Berra. Not Yogi Bear, hey, hey, boo-boo, not that one. But Yogi Berra, uh, the famous uh, baseball player, played with the Yankees uh, uh, many years ago. And, uh, of course, there's a lot of uh, Yogi-isms, you know. Uh, one of my favorites, you know, he uh, was like deja vu all over again. That was one of his. Another one he would say, when you come to a fork in the road, take it. Yeah, that's right. And so you've heard that. Well, uh, of course, he was a catcher uh, for the Yankees. And as the story goes... Uh, it was a time when they uh, were in the World Series, and it was uh, the New York Yankees and the Milwaukee Braves, and uh, a special young man by the name of Hank Aaron played for the Milwaukee Braves at that time. Well, when, when, uh, when Hank came up to, to, to bat, of course, you know, Yogi, he's just, he's just chatter. He just chatter, 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 chatter. And, you know, and so he tells, he tells Hank, he said, he said, Henry, he said, you're holding your bat wrong. He said, you need to hold your bat where you can read the trademark. Yeah, you're holding your bat wrong and just, just carrying on. Well, the next pitch, Hank Aaron hit it in the left field bleachers. He, when he rounded the base, as the story goes, and he touched home plate, and he looked at, he looked at Yogi Berra and he said this, I didn't come here to read. <laughs> what a great statement, right? I didn't come here to read. Man, he, you know, and in the midst of all the chatter and all the things, you know, he, 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 kept, he kept his mind on what he was doing. He was watching the pitch, right? He knew why he was there. Well, sometimes, I don't know about you, but in life, I can kind of lose track. I can get sidetracked. And it seems like the older I get, the, the, it's easy to lose focus. We talked about that as we get older, right? It's easy to lose focus at times. But I don't want us to lose focus tonight on why we're here. Listen, I want us to, to think about it. It's a great time, a great homecoming and fellowship, absolutely. But, but tonight, my prayer for me and for you is that we'll be brought even closer to the Lord. My prayer tonight, for you if you don't know Jesus. I've learned never to assume everybody's saved. And, and, and so tonight, if you don't know Jesus, listen, I'll run to Him. Listen, He is mighty to save. He is mighty to save. Tonight's the night. But as a believer in Christ tonight, there's some things I want us to, to take in, to think about. What do I need to do? Kind of like I mentioned to you Sunday morning. Where are you at? <laughs> Where are you at? Where are you at spiritually in your walk with the Lord? Five relationships I want us to think about tonight as we look at, at Romans chapter 12. And, uh, and let's just dive in. Here's the first one. Most, well, it is really most important because if you don't have a relationship with the Lord, none of the rest of this is going to matter. If you don't know Jesus, none of the rest of this is going to count, and you're not going to be able to do it. So here's where we start tonight. In verse 1, when he says, in Romans chapter 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Let me give you the word surrender. 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 Notice what, he, notice what he says. He said, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God. Now, now, what are the mercies of God? Well, it's every good thing that God does for us. In fact, if you go back through uh, Romans 1 through 11, we read about that. And the Bible tells us how that we've all sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And the Bible tells us in the book of Romans how the wages of our sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. The Bible tells us that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And the Bible tells us that if we will confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, you will be saved. And the Bible tells us about the sovereignty of God. Then, 
We come to chapter 12 and he said, in light of all this, in light of our sinfulness and God's provision for our sin through his righteousness, in light of all that God has done for us, what is our response? Present your body a living sacrifice. Notice here, he doesn't just say, present your spirit, present your soul, right? You know, no, present your body. It really does matter what we do with our bodies, doesn't it? You know, it really does matter. And, and, and it's, it's really kind of an official thing that here I am, I am giving myself to the Lord. Have you ever done that? Listen, have you ever just given yourself to the Lord? We had a couple that they just recently came back off the mission field. They've been gone, I, I think, six years. And uh, they were in Honduras. And uh, they were there starting Celebrate Recovery. And, and this, this couple was out of our church. And, and, and I never will forget what he told me, Tyler told me, here's kind of what we did. One, one Sunday morning, I just said this. And, and, and I just said, and I'm not bragging on that I said this, only by the Lord. I said, look, would you just make your life a blank check and let God write it in? Now, that's, that's kind of scary, isn't it? <laughs> I said, would you just present your body, present yourself, and just say, Lord, here I am, a blank check, and Lord, you just fill it in. And he said, you know what? We did. We did. And we just said, Lord, here we are. And God spoke to their hearts and called them on the mission field. And I'm thinking, whoo, man, I need to practice what I'm preaching. I mean, that's, that's that's pretty, that's serious, isn't it? Well, what is it tonight that we need to do? What is it tonight in your life that that you would say, Lord, here I am. Would we be willing to present ourselves and to say this, Lord, I'm all in. See, because a lot of times, I don't know about you, but I'm mostly in. Sometimes I'm partly in. But you know, the Bible tells us and the Lord calls us to be what? See, really the truth is on, on, on revival, do we really want revival? Do I really want revival? I'm speaking to me too. You know, and, and the bottom line is, am I willing to do what God wants me to do? Am I willing to say, Lord, here I am, I'm, I'm all yours. And, and that's, what, that's what our response is. It's the only reasonable response. That's what he says, right? To present your bodies as a, a, living, a living sacrifice. A living, see, see, the difference between a living sacrifice and a dead sacrifice of the Old Testament, a dead sacrifice, you know, is dead, but a living sacrifice, you can crawl off the altar when it gets a little warm, right? And sometimes God will put us in some places and we're like, you know, I don't know if I want to really be here. <laughs> you ever been in an uncomfortable place with the Lord? You ever done that? Listen, I want to encourage you to do that. It's not fun, but you'll grow immensely. You will grow immensely. And so, but the word surrender, you know, I heard Adrian Rogers one time preach a message on the difference between commitment and surrender. And and I'll say this and move on. Commitment and surrender. He said, we can be committed to a lot of things, but we can only be surrendered to one. Are you surrendered tonight? Our relationship to the Lord. Here's the second thing. The process, our relationship to the world. Look at verse 2. And he said, And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Now, and so, so as we surrender ourselves to the Lord, he said, And, and be not conformed to this world. So I think it's J.B. Phillips has his translation that says, Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. You know, and we see that, don't we, in our world today? We see, you know, the culture, I mean, and trying to redefine what marriage is and try to redefine, redefine what family is and, and all those things. So it says, Don't let the world, uh, the worldly values, the culture, the things squeeze you, mold you. No, don't do that, but do what? Here it is, but be. But be renewed, or excuse me, be transformed, excuse me, by the renewing 
of your mind. And, and the word transformed is the word we get our word metamorphosis, right? Like a butterfly changing. But it's, it's also passive. This is something being done to us by the Holy Spirit of God. See, when you got saved, the Holy Spirit, He came in, right? We talked about that last night. If you're saved, you have the Spirit of God who lives within you. And His work in us is what? Making us like Jesus. Not God's, but godly. You know, He's making us in the image of Christ by the renewing of your mind. See, what we think about is really important. And here is the book. (laughs) How does God do that? It's through the Bible. It's through His Holy Word, right? There's no other book greater than this book. There's no other book like this book. This is the Word of God. It's living and active. Isn't it amazing how no matter how much you've read it, and I know some of you, you've read it and you've been in it and studied it, and isn't it amazing? You'll read something and you think, man, did I read that? I know I read it, but I don't ever, I don't remember seeing that. Isn't it deep and isn't it rich? And isn't it how God works and He transforms us, right, in that? So we're to be transformed by the renewing of our minds through the Word of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. The hardest prayer to pray. Hardest prayer to pray, Lord, your will be done. Because, you know, a lot of times we want to do what we want, right? And so to pray, your will be done. So our relationship to the world, to be to be, uh, to not be molded by the world, but to be shaped by, by the Lord. Here's the third thing, your relationship to yourself. Look at verse 3. It says, For I say, that through, the, I say through the grace given to me, uh, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according to, as God hath dealt every man the measure of faith. Third word I want you to think about is evaluation. Evaluation, right? Uh, you know, an honest evaluation. He said, uh, he said, he said, not to think more highly of himself than we ought to think. I had a professor when I was at Campbellsville. He loved to quote that a lot. <laughs> you can imagine a lot of young folks, and and we often felt pretty good about ourselves, no doubt. And he would quote this verse. You know, the Bible says not to think more highly of yourself than you ought to think. Well, certainly it speaks of humility, right? And 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 we know the Bible calls us to be humble, but I mean that's one of those. I mean, think about it. Humility is one of those things that if you claim it, it's gone. Right? Are you with me? It's okay if I come down here. You know, if I got up here and said, don't you think I'm really humble? Well, you know, you said, well, no, you're not very humble at all. Right? Uh, you heard about, uh, heard about uh, two crows and a turtle wanted to go to Florida. Y'all look like you need a story right now. Anyway, two, two crows and turtle wanted to go to Florida. So... So anyway, the uh, crows came up with an idea. Said One of them said, you know what, I'll hold one end of this string. Found a string. That's in the story too. I mean, they found a string. And the other one said, I'll hold the other end of the string. And the old turtle said, I'll just hold on in the middle. And said, you know what, I bet we can get down to Florida. And you know what, sometimes things really work. And so anyway, the old crows got to going and conning and carrying on. And they got off the ground. And that old turtle was hanging on right in the middle. Right in the middle, right? And, and everything was going pretty good. They got down somewhere around Alabama, I'm sure. <laughs> and somebody looked up and said, well, would you look at that? I wonder whose idea that was. Well, old turtle couldn't keep his mouth shut. He said, it was mine. <laughs> I thought y'all needed that. Anyway, so we could get a lot more done in the church if we wasn't so worried about who gets credit for it. Sometimes you say, well, that's my, that's my idea. <laughs> no wonder it didn't work. Anyway, but, but the point is to have, a, to have an honest evaluation of who we are. See, notice what he says, though, but to think soberly uh, uh, according 
as God hath dealt to every man the measure of faith. See, see, he doesn't say you're a doormat, but he said just to have an honest evaluation of who we are. It speaks, first of all, of, of, of who I am in Christ. Um, I was talking to a guy the other day. It's kind of the craziest thing. Um, Secretary, I was, I was off on, on, on Mondays normally, and I was off that day, and I went to the, I'd gone to the hunting club to do some things, but important work of the Lord at the hunting club. Anyway, but, and so I'll be honest, I really didn't want to make this phone call. She said, some guy called the church, and he's wanting to talk about being saved. And, you know, I mean, you just can't really turn that one down. I say, so I'm standing outside of the truck, you know, at the club, talking to this guy. But he, he wanted to talk, and he really was. He, he prayed to receive Christ over the phone. I hope he was sincere. Um, haven't got to catch up with him yet. He avoided me the next week. But anyway, hopefully it was sincere. But, but we were talking in that about, about his identity, of who he was. I said, well, you know, as a Christian, our identity is found in Christ. You know, for, for our students, for our, our kids, you know, certainly coming up to understand that, but also us as adults. Notice that who we are, to know who we are in Christ. Look, look what he says, verse 14. He says, for as many have many members in one body, and all members have not the same office, so we being many are one body in Christ, and every one members one of, no, one of, uh, of another. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, whether prophecy, let us prophesy according to the proportion of faith, or ministry, let us wait on ministering, or he that teacheth on teaching, or he that exhorteth on exhortation, he that giveth, let him do it with simplicity, he that ruleth with diligence, he that showeth mercy with, with cheerfulness. See, see the point that, that Paul is making, where do we belong? See, and in Christ Jesus, we belong in the body of Christ. When you were saved, what? We were saved into what? Into Christ. And, and so we, we need each other. He goes through a partial list of the, of the gifts. This is not the only place it's found, but uh, there are other places. But, but he mentions about the different gifts. See, here's the beauty of the church. We all need each other. We all need each other. Um, look to your, your neighbor right now, and it may be someone you came with, someone you don't, that you don't know, or well, you probably know them, maybe you didn't come with, or, and just look at them and say, listen, uh, you need me. Just go ahead and tell them. That's always the fun part, isn't it? Yeah, you need me. But, but, but now, wait, before we get out, look at them again and say, but you know what, I need you too. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't nearly as much fun, was it? But you know, but... But, but, but isn't that true? Isn't that the beauty of the church? You know, because sometimes we'll think, well, you know, I wish so-and-so could do this, or, or, or usually about ourselves, I wish I could do this. You know one thing that just drives me crazy? Singing preachers. We, we had a great, we've had a lot of great preachers uh, until I came. But anyway, uh, we had a lot of great preachers come in preach revival, and I remember one of my brothers, golly, that, I think he plays an instrument. He, he sings and, 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 he, and he preaches and, and I'm, I'm feeling pretty inadequate. I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm just thinking, but now listen, I can sing like Garth Brooks. I just don't sound like him. <laughs> but, but my point is, if there is a point in this, and there is, <laughs> we need each other. You know, and no one has all the gifts. And that's the reason if you're saved tonight, you need to be a part of the body of Christ. I mean, you are part of the body of Christ. We need part of the local church, I should say. You know what I mean by that. 
You need to find a place, right, to serve because that we all have a, a giftedness to use. And, and so, but in figuring out who we are in Christ and how God has gifted us. You know, God called me to preach. I was, I was 21 years old, I think. I think it was around that. I was finally surrendered when I was 20, 21. And I, I was going to work. Worked, uh, I, I, I got out of high school and I was done with school. <laughs> Listen, I knew I did not dream how long I would actually be in school later. But I was done, and I went to work, worked at a factory, and I was on my way to work one morning. And I just sensed God saying to me, "I want you to preach." And um, and you know, I, I came home, shared that with Anita, and and uh, she didn't quite share that uh, at the moment. But uh, anyway, and her words were, "I didn't marry no preacher." <laughs> that was her words. And anyway, but but she's come around, and I have too to the whole thing. But uh, but but the thing is. You know, but, but finding our place of where God has, has gifted us. So I'll encourage you tonight, if you're saved tonight, you have at least one gift of the Holy Spirit. Use that gift for the glory of God. Amen. So let me move on. Your relationship to yourself. Also then, your relationship to other believers. Look at verse 9. It says, let love be without dissimulation or hypocrisy. Okay? Uh, Abhor that which is evil, cling to that which is good. Be kindly affectionate one to another with brotherly love and honor, preferring one another, not slothful in business, fervent in spirit, serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, continuing instant in prayer, distributing to the necessity of the saints, given to, to hospitality. Now, there's a lot of admonitions there, a lot of commandments there, isn't it? And let me just say this. Here, here's the word here, to, to be authentic, to be real, to be real. This is how we're to treat one another. Right? It says, let love be without dissimulation. Let love be without hypocrisy. Right? We're to be real, to be genuine. See, here's a problem. One thing we had in our church for many years was celebrate recovery. And, and on celebrate recovery on, on, on Friday nights was when we had it. And let me tell you, it, it was, it was a blast. Uh, you, you go in and you preach, and I mean, you're going to get amens. They're going to talk to you, sometimes maybe more than you want, but they're going to talk to you because a lot of these folks, listen, they've been saved out of all kinds of lifestyles and, and things, and man, it, it was just real. It was fun to preach. Uh, it, they were just real. And they had a T-shirt that said this, I'm one of those people. Now, you know how they got that T-shirt? Because a lot of times people on Sunday morning say, yeah, you know those people on Friday night. Those people celebrate recovery. Those people used to be addicted to this and, and addicted to that. And, and now, you know, let me tell you something. You know what's wrong with the church a lot of times? I'm talking to me too. We come in on Sunday and we act like we don't have any problems. You better show me some wings. See, you know why? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to talk to me first. Is that okay? I'll talk to me first. You know why we don't come to the altar a lot of times? Because we don't anybody think we're messed up. Newsflash, you're messed up. And I am too. Maybe not as bad as me, but... But I'm just saying we're sinners in need of God's grace. And sometimes we come into church and we act like everything's together and we've got it all together. You know what? We just need to be real. And I don't mean, please, please, I don't mean you have to air all your dirty laundry. No, no, I'm, but I am saying there, there need to be places where you and me, we need groups, accountability groups, right? That we can be real. And, we, and the Bible says confess your sins one to another. And you need to have a good friend or two, a, a good brother, or if you're a brother or a sister, if you're a sister in Christ, that you can confess your sins and be accountable. You know why preachers get in trouble many times? No accountability. We used to have a, a Friday morning men's study. John Boy started that, and sometimes I'd try to lay out of that. <laughs> and he'd text me. Missed you this a.m. 
But that was good. That was accountability. We've got a group of guys that meets. Uh, they're not as good to text me when I miss, but uh, in, in Alabama, we've got, we got between 15 and 20, 20-some guys meet at Huddle House on Friday mornings, 5.30, 5.30 a.m. And man, it's just, it's an awesome Bible study. But we need, I'm just saying, we need people in our lives. And we need to be able to be real. We don't have time to look at all these, but, but just to think about it, be kindly affectionate one to another. Sometimes some of the meanest people are in church. Sometimes the most critical people are in church. Zig Ziglar used to call it stinking thinking. And sometimes in church, you know, you'll see that. And, and it shouldn't be that, that way, right? In honor, preferring, preferring one another. What if, what if, and, and I'm not saying that you don't, but all of us to say, you know what, I'm going I'm to give, give preference to you. I mean, that's what the Bible says, isn't it? Isn't that how that we're to, to respond? So, so we see this rejoicing and hope. Oh man, listen, there ought to be some joy in the house. Amen. And I sense that even here. I heard about a little girl got saved and uh, she was just so excited about that. And man, she came home and she was just singing and about the Lord and maybe even dancing. I mean, I've been Baptist, just dancing around the house. Her old grandpa, he just had about all he could stand. He said, honey, if that's all you can do, why don't you go on outside? Well, she did. She went outside. She went over to the fence and climbed up the fence and the old mule came over. Old mule came up to her and she grabbed his jaws and she's trying to get a smile out of him. She said, old mule, you must have the same religion grandpa's got. (laughs) Happiness is dependent upon circumstances. Joy comes from the Lord. That even in the midst of hard times, we may not smile all the time, but there's a, a joy in our heart because of what the Lord has done. Amen? Amen. Let, let, let me move on for the sake of time. And then finally, our relationship to others. Look down to verse 14. It says, Bless them which persecute you, bless and curse not. Rejoice with them that do rejoice, and weep with them that weep. Be of the same mind one toward another. Mind not high things, but condescend to men of low estate. You know, it's saying, again, about humility, isn't it? And, and not being prideful. Be, wi- be not wise in your own conceits. Uh, recompense to no man evil for evil. Provide uh, uh, things honest in the sight of all men. If it be possible, as much as lieth in you, be, live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourselves, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. Therefore, if thine enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him drink. For in doing so, thou shalt heap coals of fire on his head. Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. And let me just, let me just say to you here, let me give you one final word. Listen, forgive. Forgive. So many times, if we're not careful, someone will do something to us. They'll say something to us. You know, as Christian people, we're not perfect, are we? And there are times that the things are said and things are done and things are left out, whatever it might be. And if we're not careful, we'll get our feelings hurt. You know, and, 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 you know, and if I'm not careful, listen, I've had things said to me over the years and probably you have too. And if I'm not careful, I'll go back to a dark place and I'll want to bring that up. You ever go back digging for bones? <laughs> Randy Travis, you sing that song. You know, and we'll, we'll go back digging for bones. 
And man, we'll try to dig it all up and remember what they said and, and, and all these things. Listen, there comes a time, let me just say this tonight, and I'm sure somebody has said something, done something, whatever to you. Listen, let me just, let me just say this. Let it go. Now I know you're thinking, well, it's easy for you to say. Well, maybe so. It is easier said than done. But let it go. Bitterness will eat away at you like a bitter root. And it'll tear a church apart. Oh my goodness. I mean, the horror stories of churches that have split over the silliest of things, right? And so I just say even here tonight, if there's something, someone God is bringing to your mind, you know, I've had to go to people and four church even started. Say, hey, listen, would you forgive me? You know, hey, I want to settle this. I want to make sure everything's okay. Is that fun? No, that's not fun. But do I feel better when it's over? You better believe it. <laughs> you know, I mean, just a, it's like a wait. Amen? Anybody else? You, you've been there? You know what I'm talking about? And it's not pleasant. But this is at the heart of revival too, isn't it? Yeah, this is at the heart of revival. Many times because there's these little things that have happened. And if we're not careful, we'll let ourselves go back to it. And we'll think on it. You know, here a while back, I was thinking about a guy, and, uh, great, at least I love him, he's a good, good friend, he's a good friend, but he said something to me one time, and man, it just, whoo, it just grit in my craw, I'm telling you, and every now and then, I want to go back to that. But you know, I caught myself the other day, thank the Lord, Holy Spirit was working, and you know, hey, you don't need to do that. Because listen, think about this. Let me just say this. You got your Bible? Look over in the book of Ephesians. Let's look at a verse together. Look in the book of Ephesians. I'll close with this. We're, we're about done. Look at the book of Ephesians. Hopefully I know where it's at. If not, I'll make it up. But anyway, I think it's 432, I believe is where it is. Ephesians 4, verse 32. Maybe we start in verse 30. It says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Right? Because when we're sinning, we're, we're grieving the Spirit of God, aren't we? Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. And look at verse 32. And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God for Christ's sake has forgiven you. Isn't that true? Because listen, why, why am I required to forgive you? Because the Lord has forgiven me. And I guarantee you, anything, and none of you have done this, but anything anybody might do to me is nothing compared to what I've done to Christ. Because my sin and your sin is worthy of death. Our sin is worthy of hell. To be separated from God for all eternity. But yet, in His love, in His grace, in His mercy, He has forgiven us. Praise His name. <laughs> Praise His name. And so tonight, if someone has done something, listen, let it go. Forgive them. Give it to the Lord. Now, when you get up tomorrow, you may have to give it back to the Lord again. When you get up the next day, you might have to give it back to the Lord again. But there'll come a day. You know what? It'll stay there. And so it takes time. You know, sometimes in our mind. But I'm telling you, give it to the Lord. So tonight as we come to a time of, uh, of invitation, here it is, here it is. 
Think about these relationships. And I don't know how the Holy Spirit is dealing with your heart tonight, but first of all, your relationship to God. Do you know Him tonight? Do you know, do you know the Lord Jesus as your personal Savior and Lord? Have you, has there been that time in your life? Listen, just please listen. Has there been that time in your life that you've turned away from your sin and you've turned to Jesus? I mean, can, can you go back to that time? Maybe not the calendar date, but you can go back. There was a time that you turned from your sin and you turned to Jesus. If not, listen, come to Jesus. What about your relationship to, to the world, right? We're not to be, as the world got you in its mold, sometimes we get so worldly acting, don't we? we? We completely forget the Word of God. So tonight, what's your relationship to the world? What's your relationship to yourself? Do you know where God has called you, right? Maybe as a member of this church, maybe you're not serving, and you need to be. Find where God has gifted you and serve. Your relationship to the church, to be genuine, to be real. There's someone we need to forgive, someone we need to, to show that encouragement or love to in our relationship to those that are unbelievers, uh, those maybe outside, whatever might be done, but just to let it go and give it to the Lord. Amen? Let's bow together. Let's bow our heads together as we come to a time of, of invitation. And so just right here tonight, as our musicians come to, to lead us in a time of, of invitation, a time of commitment to the Lord, what's God saying to your heart tonight? Listen, if you're here without Jesus, never be a better time to come to Jesus than right now. Oh, listen. I, uh, I remember one time over here at First Baptist, I, I tried to talk the Lord out of giving an invitation during a, uh, during a Christmas program. And, and I thought, everybody knows about Jesus. And finally I gave in. We had a grandmother saved that night. Praise the Lord. And so I've never learned to assume that everybody knows the Lord. So tonight, if you're here without Jesus, let me tell you, Heaven is sweet and hell's hot. There's a real place called heaven and there's a real place called hell. But you don't have to go to hell. No, God's provided a way for you to be saved through His Son Jesus. And He died on the cross for you, for your sins. And He arose again the third day. And if you'll ask Him to come into your heart, He'll save you. And so right here tonight, would you be willing just to ask Him to come in? Just even right now, just with your head bowed, just to pray. Dear Jesus, I know I'm a sinner. I know You died for me on the cross. I know You arose again. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of all my sins. Turn from my sin, Lord. I turn to You. Save me. Head still bowed, eyes still closed. That's not a magic prayer. And you can say those words and not mean it, but... Pray you prayed your own prayer if you needed to do that. But just to ask the Lord to come into your heart tonight. That's where it begins. As a Christian tonight, what is it God may be dealing with your heart about? Is there a relationship that needs mending? Is there someone you need to offer forgiveness to? Someone you need to ask forgiveness from? Has God been dealing with your heart about a ministry? place of service and you need to, to get in that place. Whatever it might be tonight, would you do that tonight? For some tonight, I would make that offer even again. I did Sunday morning. Would you just need to make your way to this altar and just draw that circle and step in it and start praying for revival? Do we really want revival? Do we really want to see God move in a way that we've never seen. 
Are we willing to pray for it? Father, right now, I just pray, would you speak to our hearts? Lord, during this time of invitation, would you, Lord, just break us? Father, thank you for loving us. Thank you for Jesus. And Lord, it's in his name we pray. Amen. So we stand to